Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Okay, we got a couple messages from kids that don't like spooky, so we're going to try and finish this right now. And then we're going to do a break and do some astrology book. So our one of our favorite listeners, Lillian, so you don't have to be afraid. And the other people, we don't, you have like not, you have like usernames, so we don't know your real name. So we're going to shout out Lillian and we're going to do a break. We're going to do a spooky season break. But then after that, we're going hard. We're doing some spooky stuff. Right, Pei? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to give you guys a break though. Okay, but we have to finish this book first. Okay, bye. No, wait, no. Okay, hi. How about that? The Grin in the Dark. Oh my god, I did it! But I did almost say, uh, Spine Shivers. Chapter 10. As much, it is much later now, and Hammond and the twins are cuddling together on Catherine's couch. It's a big fluffy couch in a room covered in rugs, blankets, and knitted throws. Hammond can see three cats from where he's sitting, and they're all very interested in, in the soaking wet trio that has shown up in the middle of the night to wake up their owner. The house is as big as Julian Moe's and was probably once very impressive, but now it's dusty and cluttered and Catherine seems to spend most of her time in there in the front living room with her cats and knitting and her thick paper paperback novels that are piled high, stacks everywhere on the surface, and fills every shelf of the room. You three have had quite a night, said Catherine. She sits on the stiff wooden chair beside the couch. It's the only surface in the room not covered with a blanket, a dolly, or yarn. The moment she sit <sighs> The moment she sits, a cat is on her knee. She pets it and smiles at Hammond. Hammond can only nod. From where he sits in the center of the sagging couch, if he looks past a collection of wild looking houseplants, he can see through Catherine's front window. The police car lights still flash red, blue and red and blue, sending twirls of beams through the downpour and over the lawn onto the living room of Aunt and uncle of uh, the and uncle's neighbors Catherine talks on and on about the last time the block saw this much excitement she wasn't much younger then of course and they didn't have that many cats but hammond isn't really listening he's looking out he's looking out into the rainy middle of the night waiting for word from julie and mo the police or his mom that everything's going to be okay and that everyone is safe now look it looks like there's look oh wait Looks like it was too much for Ahmed and Afifa, Catherine says. Hammond has the, has a twin on either side of him, pressed against his ribs and tucked under his arms. They're both asleep now. He smiles a little, looking down at Afifa, who can who can sleep not who can sleep now, knowing for sure that the clown won't walk in walk in to watch her. And Ahmed, not right now, Pete. And Ahmed, who really is asleep not just convincing himself he's asleep because he's really become too strange too frightening there's there is some loud thumping at Catherine's front door and then some more that must be the police or your aunt and uncle Catherine says a small smile still on her lips she lifts the cat from her lap and she and she stands to let it perch on her shoulder wait here she said Hammond's head lets Hammond lets his head fall back They've caught him, finally, he thinks. 
When Aunt Julie and Uncle Mo come into the living room, both of them with panicked faces streaked with a mixture of rainwater and tears, Hammond smiles at them. The police must have caught them, Hammond thinks. He gives each cousin a little squeeze, not enough to wake them, and waits for the aunt and uncle to speak, to give him good news that he will let that he will let him sleep tonight. But soon, Hammond realizes that Aunt Julie is not smiling. She looks worried. She crouches in front of the couch and puts, his hand, her, puts a hand on Hammond's knee. Her eyes are wet. Uncle Mo stands behind her with a hand on her shoulder. Hammond, he says, with a serious voice, as serious as Hammond's ever heard it. It has nothing of the playfulness that it usually does. Josiah Price is back in custody, he says, but Uncle Mo doesn't look relieved. They found him in our kitchen. He said he was hiding there, cowering in the corner. Good, Hammond says. Then why do you seem so upset? We're okay. The twins are okay. Mo sighs. He looks at his wife for a moment and then looks back at Hammond. He wasn't wearing a clown costume, Hammond, he says. No, Hammond says. He was shaking his head. Price wasn't the clown. He's going. He was going after the clown, looking for him. The clown was afraid of him. The police looked all over the house, Mo goes on. He lowers his chin. His face grows darker. They didn't find a man in a clown costume, Hammond. He probably ran off, Hammond says. He was really afraid of Price, more afraid than even we were. Mo shook his head. They were no, there were no open doors or windows, he said. No sign of anyone else in there. Fingerprints, Hammond offers. But the moment it comes out of his mouth, he knows that there won't be any because the clown was wearing gloves. They've been looking all over the property over the past hour, Mo went on. They searched for any sign of him, and they didn't find anything. Hammond watches his aunt and uncle's faces. They don't change, and they're both worried, confused, and concerned. Okay, I don't understand, Hammond says. He must be hiding in the house someplace. Did you tell the police that he looks like a giant clown doll? He could go right back where he was in that rocking chair, and they wouldn't even know he, that it wasn't a doll. I'm, I... I sure didn't. Neither did the twins. Oh, I sure didn't. Neither did the twins. We told them exactly what you told us on the phone, Julie says, patting Hammond's knee. She looked up at Mo for a long time, then turned back to Hammond and adds, They think you made it up. Did you make it up, Mo asks. His face and voice are stern now. Of course not, Hammond said. His voice is loud enough now that Ahmed wakes up for an instant and presses against his side, stretching. Ahmed looks bleary-eyed and glances up at his mom. Hi, sweetie, Julie says, finally smiling, though it's sad, though it's a sad and tired smile. You had a scary night, huh? Ahmed looks and nods. Mm-hmm, he says the clown came to life again and there was a mean man in the house, but Cousin Hammond saved us. That's good, honey, Julie says. She looks at Hammond now. It's a good thing that you have such a brave cousin, isn't it? Ahmed nods again. Then he lets his head fall against Hammond for a moment. He's asleep. See, Hammond whispers. Ahmed and Afifa will tell you they saw the clown. They know he's real. Mo sighs and squeezes Julie's shoulder. The twins have been having nightmares for a week, Hammond. Julie says her voice is even calm, and she's trying to soothe a panic child like she's trying to soothe a panic child or a wild animal. Are we supposed to believe that there's been a strange man dressed as a clown in our house for a week and we've just never noticed? Yep. <laughs> Hammond doesn't know what to say. It does sound unbelievable, but he's sure of what he saw. We have to get the twins to bed, Mo says. I'll drive you home. I don't know. What about the police? Hammond asks 
asks Aunt Julie as Aunt Julie stoops down to pick up a FIFA. They think they think I lied to them. Am I going to get in trouble? Mo sighs. I've already talked to them, he says. They think I think they're going to forgive you, considering you were also got price for them. Besides, I think we're all convinced. At least I believe you you saw what you said you saw. Hamid stands to let Mo scoop up Ahmed. I did, Hamid said, but his voice is meek and I'm sure. At least I think I did. Chapter 11. He's like, like, gripping under the bed. Like, I don't know. Well, I mean, they looked everywhere, so. On the car ride home with Uncle Mo, Hamid realizes, Hamid goes over everything that happened earlier in his head. It was... It was mostly a normal night, really until he told Julie and Mo about the giant clown doll in their bedroom. <sighs> Why would he invent something like that? It doesn't even make any sense. Listen, Hamid, Mo says. He keeps both of his hands on the steering wheel, gripping tightly as they drove through the wet, windy night. Do you think it's possible that you made a mistake? What do you mean? Hamid asks. He looks across the front seat at his uncle as a bolt of lightning flashes ahead. Like, maybe you imagined it, Mo said, keeping his eyes on the road. <clears throat> it's a bad night for driving. This is a pretty crazy night, after all. Hammond thinks for a moment. It's occurred to him already, of course, that he imagined the clown. He'd been so scared most of the night. When Price burst in, maybe he got overwhelmed and confused. Who knows what people Who come up Price with? talking to? I know. Who knows what people come up with when they're exhausted and terrified? But no, he's sure. The clown spoke to Price. And what's more, Price spoke, ba spoke back. I didn't imagine it, he said. He can hear the edge of his voice, but he's too tired to care. All right, all right, Mo said. Hey, Ahmed, and Fifa told you about their nightmare. Maybe you fell asleep and then dreamt that the doll in Julie's, that there was a doll in Julie's rocking chair, huh? Maybe, maybe it snowballed that together with Price. No, Ahmed said. I saw the doll there, doll there before they told me about the bad dream. It was there. He stares out over at the wet rose as he gets closer to Hammond's apartment building on the edge of the city. Well, and anyways, he had met, he added quickly, Fifa never said that it was a dream. She kept saying that they were awake. They were awake when the clowns came in. Mo glances over at Hammond quickly and twists his mouth. She's seven, Hammond, he said. Her imagination is richer than yours and mine put together. They're driving out of downtown now. The buildings get smaller as they go, and the streets get a bit wider and a bit bumpier. The sidewalks here are cracked and weedy, and the houses and apartment buildings. When I was seven, I had good imagination. Yeah, I know, honestly. And dirty and poorly cared for. I don't think I had any imagination. Yeah, you did. But just, I mean, you're not going to imagine something that doesn't exist, you know? The fresh rain and darkness made them look at their best, and in the morning, they'll be sad and broken again. <clears throat> Throughout the city, anyone awake watching TV is learning that the criminal on the loose has finally been captured. Oh, if he has a crush on a girl, he should talk about that, because he's the one that caught the bad guy, and he's going to get some girls at school. They're going to be like, oh, hi, Hammond, 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 what happened? Right? He's going to be so popular. Yeah. Throughout the city, anyone awake watching TV is learning that the criminals on the loose have finally been captured. Maybe they're no. criminal. Sorry. Maybe they're learning that a boy from the other side of town helped catch him while he was babysitting for his rich aunt and uncle. But no one's reporting the clown. Hamid guesses he he imagined the clown. 
As Mo turns to into St. Louis Avenue, Hamid sees someone on the sidewalk up ahead, walking in the rain. He leans forward and squints through the sheets of rain in the windshield. As they drive down the avenue, Ham, Hamid sees, sees that the man with no umbrella and no coat is wearing gloves. White gloves. They'll pass him soon. Hamid will have a good look at him. But the figure turns suddenly and grins madly at the oncoming SUV. At the last moment, he leaps into the street. His mouth is red and the skin around his eyes is painted white, including his eyelids. His hair is in two matted brick red tufts on each side. Mo, look out! Hamid shouts. He leans across and grabs the steering wheel and jerks it to the right, sending the sporty truck up into the sidewalk into a recycling bin and garbage can. Mo slams the brakes and stops just before the truck crashes into the front of the neighborhood market. Hammond watches Hammond washes out the driver well, watches out the driver window as the man runs to the far side and and ducks around a corner. What are you doing, Mo snaps? He turns his seat and his face is red with anger. You could have killed us. That was him, Hammond says you almost hit him. Hit who? Mo said. There was no one there, Hammond. The street is empty. It's the middle of the night again, and it's pouring. Who do you think is wandering in the streets? The clown, Hamid shouts. He sounds crazy. He knows that. Maybe he is crazy, but it was the clown. Mo takes a deep breath, and his anger leaves his face and his voice. Hamid, he says. His voice is calmer now. There was no one there. You probably dozed off for a minute. It's very late. I didn't, Hamid started to say. But he can't argue anymore. He's too tired. Maybe he dozes. Maybe he dozed off. What else he would he dream about? He'll probably he be thinking about it. Yeah, that's true. He'll probably be dreaming about a maniac clown for the rest of his life, just like the twins. Mo throws the truck back into reverse. Let's get you. Let's get you home now, he said, as he pulls back into the road and starts driving slowly at St. Louis. This has been a very long night for everyone. Chapter 12. Mo pulls up, up up beside the curb in front of Hammond's building. Is your mom waiting up for you, he asks. Hammond shakes his head. He looks out at the passenger window through the sheets of rain and the dull brownish-red apartment building where he lives with his mom. He half expects to see the clown huddled inside the entrance waiting for him. Nah, she has to work in the morning, Hammond says. I'll wait to see you get inside, all right, Mo says. Oh, wait, I almost forgot. He reaches into his pocket for money to pay Hamid. Oh, don't worry about it, Hamid says. You don't have to pay me. Oh, come on, Mo said. Don't be silly. It was a long night and a rough night. Really, I don't want money for this, Hamid says, popping his door open. This wasn't exactly a normal babysitting night. Before Mo can reply, Hamid is out of the car and closing the door behind him. With the late night and the police and everything, plus the drive home, Hamid isn't in his own bed until after three in the morning. This is the latest that he's ever been up, and he's exhausted. He lies in his bed. You told me not to let you fall asleep, remember? He's not going to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, right. He lies on his bed with the covers up to his chin and stares out the window. The shade is drawn, and the streetlights outside light up in the pouring rain and cast eerie shadows. Come on. And cast eerie shadows as the rain drops would have landed on Hammond's bedroom window. As he fell asleep, he wishes that he could stop himself. 
He wishes he wouldn't fall asleep because he hears footsteps at first. Then he hears a stifled snicker and a goofy laugh, and soon the laughter is loud and crazed. His bedroom door creaks open. Peyton. Hmm. His bedroom door creaks open. The laughter is louder, and the white glove hand reaches into his room. The clown is standing there at the foot of his bed, looking down at him, laughing and laughing. Hammond doesn't know if he's asleep. Was he asleep at Julie and Moe's house? Is he having a nightmare because Ahmed and Afifa told him about theirs? Ahmed was right, and it's just a scary dream. Was Afifa right, and the clown is there in his room right now? Hammond can only stare up at him, and his painted red grin and his glaring white eyes. The makeup runs down his face, wet from the pouring rain. His hair is limp and dripping on the sides of his head. The clown snickers and giggles and steps closer to Hammond's bed. <clears throat> you left me there, the clown hisses at him. His painted lips curve into a wicked smile. You left me there with Price, a dangerous maniac, his eyes narrow. And I'd know, he whispered. After all, he take, it takes one to know one. The clown stands up straight for a moment and laughs towards the ceiling. A loud, ridiculous laugh. Was the clown expecting him to save him? I don't know. Like he's just said the funniest thing ever. Hammond doesn't think it's funny, and he scoots back on his bed so that his back is against the wall the way in, way in the corner. He realizes that he's sitting up just like Price when the police found him. Do you know what he would have done to me? The clown whispers, and he stepped closer to Hammond's bed. He wants to get back at me, you know, for what I did to him. The next, he's next to the bed now, so close that Hammond can see where his makeup is smeared in his face, revealing the pink of the color of his cheeks. Do you want to know, he whispered, close enough to Hammond so that he could smell his breath, what I did to him. All Hammond could do was sit up and close his eyes and scream as loud as he can, hoping that this is a dream. That's it. What the heck? Is there anything else? I'm confused. Interesting. All right. Okay. So he so we don't know if it was real or not. Okay, that's creepy. I don't know if I like these books. That's too scary because there's like no ending, huh? Yes, I'm going to answer for her because her eyes just closed. Right, Pei? Well, I'm trying to fall asleep and then you keep waking me up. <laughs> I know, because you said, don't let me fall asleep, Mom. But it was the end. <laughs> okay, good night. <laughs>